Hi, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Toy Heart, a podcast about bluegrass. This is the last episode of season two here from Nashville is my conversation with Allison Krauss. I remember, you know, the first time I looked out in the audience and saw people singing words to our songs that only we had recorded. That was just a really crazy moment. Just never thought it would end up being there. Never thought we'd hear back from Rounder. Yeah. Never thought we would hear from Rounder in the first place. If this is your first time listening, you can hear full interviews with Jerry Douglas, Allison Brown, Bela Fleck, Larry Sparks, Jody Stecker, and so many more wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Later on. Hi, and welcome to Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. I'm Cindy House, and I am the host. Thanks for joining us. The tallest man on earth is our guest today. Christian Matson is his name, and he grew up in the Swedish countryside and came to be the tallest man on earth in the country's diverse and low-key music scene. He often speaks of his weird little brain and wild imagination, which actually stems from a heap of anxiety that he lives with every day. Growing up, he struggled to tamp down his high energy, especially in a culture that encouraged everyone to not stand out or draw attention to themselves. When he discovered the guitar, it felt like he found a vessel to harness all his energy, creativity, and imagination. As a teenager, he found solace in the music of Bob Dylan, which led him to discovering other American folk artists like Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger. His world opened up when he found guitarists that use open tunings like Skip James and Nick Drake. His new album, Henry Street, was written and created in the aftermath of the pandemic. Christian struggled with writing in forced solitude and found himself focusing too much on darkness. His inspiration returned when he finally got back on tour, where he began writing nonstop due to being back in motion and around other people. Human Connection fueled the new album, which was produced by Nick Sanborn of Sylvan Esso in North Carolina. The two musicians' similarities create a beautiful chemistry on the new record, which is the first complete band album recorded by Tallest Man on Earth. Let's take a listen to a song from the new record. This is Every Little Heart, and then we'll get to our conversation with Christian Matson, the tallest man on earth on Basic Folk. Let's leave it alone. 
All right, Christian, thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, it's a real pleasure. Well, thank you for having me, Cindy. Uh, you grew up in the Swedish countryside, and do you still have a, a house there now? Yes, yes. I, I've, okay. had a, I've had a, I bought a house there uh, like 30 minutes from where I grew up about that more than 10 years ago, so I've had it since. Sweet. So of that place, you say, it's where I will end my days. To me, it's the prettiest place in the world. It's rural. There's a lot of small villages and all the forests and all the rolling hills. I have a house with a river on one side and a mountain on the other. It's a pretty great if you like nature. Sounds like very idyllic. But how do you think the countryside where you grew up has impacted who you are and why have you remained in that area? Um, when did I say that? I mean, I say so many things over the years, no, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> you know what? How it is, you know, uh, on your question, well, it did... I mean, it is uh, informing me in many ways, you know, and how I still, that type of landscape is something that will always be, you know, my body of resonance and like that will, what I, you know, I keep on referring to in, in songs and uh, place that I, I, I tend to go back to and I now live there. But a, a, a big part of it is that, is that I wanted to get out of there. You know that, I, <laughs> you know, grow, growing up somewhere, and then, you know, uh, seeing that there's a there's a whole world out there, and so many you know inspiring things that are not that are not close to you. Like I was, you know, consuming me consuming culture from all around the world, and um, grew up growing up in a place where I grew up in a in a sports town, did all the sports, and um, just came to a point when like. I think it was uh, most prolific was David Bowie that saved me from from sports of just wanting to be a, I was wanted to be in a glam rock band. I just stopped all that. I mean, but I translate. I mean, my, I rolled out of sports from like I, I then I went into skateboarding and snowboarding, and I was competing in snowboarding, and that you know is a, a more creative world. But then there was like nothing else to do. But then I I fell into fell into music and then you know there's not a lot of people to to play with and uh, you couldn't for the life find a banjo somewhere i had to like build one and so and also i don't know how to explain but you built a in, banjo yeah but like it i built something that functioned as a banjo it was more like a resonator <laughs> resonator guitar with but like as a five-string banjo so that's what i learned how to play claw hammer on because you know i would go to the public library i loved the library but you could you could borrow cds and you could borrow like 10 cds at a time and i just i would just borrow cds from like from the cover like if the cover looks cool or if something was interesting i would go home and pop them into the player and it's like oh wow this like and it was all for like it was like Emily Harris and my bloody my bloody Valentine and uh, Ry Cooter and Craftwork uh, and that and just like just like this whole world opened up to me. But then also growing up in Sweden and I don't want to Sweden is an amazing place to live and like we have such a safety net and we get to take there's so many great things about it and like that has you know made me who I am that we got to take individual music classes and like instrument classes in school and stuff like that that people around the world don't have the you know they're not given I had that but then we also have this thing that in our psyche that we're not supposed to be people that you don't stand like don't stand out like don't be 
don't sh- like oh. everything is everything is showing off. That sounds like um American like American Midwest sensibility. And where do you think they come from? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, where where did you grow up? Uh, the East Coast. Okay, so that's where I went. Like when I could when I started touring in in uh, in America in two thousand and eight. It's just like I and I've been consuming American culture for so long, American music, and it's just uh, mm. it was very it was very freeing to me to move. Like I started to like be based in in New York in 2015, and I lived there for five years. And I probably was around that time. I was saying that I will always probably you know, end my days, but where do I? I don't really care what end my days. They will end at one point where I am. But it was very liberating to me to not have that. Mm. If I wanted to be an expressive person and let you know do something, I mean it's fashionable now to say that you know you're if you're on the spectrum, then like that's a superpower. No, it's not. We don't want to be in that. We want to be happy people. But like I, I made some. I had I made something out of my you know my hyperactivity, and I turned my anxiety into something I could like a positive force. But I, I needed to go somewhere else. This is a very long answer to your question, but like I, mm. something that just like I, I couldn't I couldn't stay there. Now I have the you know I have the luxury to, to go to a lot of places. Now it's a it's a wonderful place to live because like now we're back to, mm-hmm. and go touring mm-hmm. and, so. Uh, you mentioned you had anxiety, um, and I think I I also have uh, issues with anxiety, um, and I never thought about that when I was getting ready for this interview, reading about you and how you're a very energetic person and you have like a weird little brain and a wild imagination that that might be anxiety. But, you know, how do you, how did you identify your anxiety and how do you see it like translating into your creativity and your energy? I th- I, I, I mean, I couldn't put a name to it then, but like when I was a, you know, to be, when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I may, I mean, I've always been dabbling with music, but just in the beginning, I just didn't know it was music. But I could, I could make noise on things. But when I was a kid, just I didn't make a difference of playing in the woods. So just like I grew up next to the woods, and I can be out like inventing my own little adventures and uh, make believe in that. And I could also make believe, like just banging on the piano, that that was you know to get something that will you know take a lifetime to figure out. But that that energy in you when you have anxiety that you know that energy that you it's it, it could be so painful and hard to deal with it feels like now in hindsight i could be like no, i was just channeling that into something you know because you you know you want it out you want it out of your body you don't want it in there that you know the, the thing the thing in your chest you so through uh, just playing games and uh, playing music it was the same and that's what i been doing my my whole life and it does yeah it feels like it's a it's it's just it's a, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great power source and like and for a lot of years I was I was hard on myself like just just in, in regular life that I couldn't you know that I couldn't uh, finish anything from A to B you know that I mm-hmm. would uh, that I had like bad like impulse control or I couldn't focus on one thing that I would just like and like this I was just seeing myself as an adult, all of a sudden I was like, well, I would just like be in my house and I would just like vacuum. I was just going to vacuum. And I would walk past the piano. I was like, oh, I have an idea now. I would sit down by the piano and play and like 
of course. And then when I would be done with the piano, I would walk past the vacuum because I've forgotten about the vacuum. And I would just like, I was just, like fixing a tape recorder or something and learning online how mm. to sol solder that. And I would just like, I would be, I would just like f feel like I was just tiring myself. That I was just like, why can't I just like be normal? I, I said, just so it sounds like too much, too much like multitasking. Yes. But then I realized like, wait a minute, I get a lot of stuff done. Just like, but it's, but it's, but it's not, but it's not linear. Like if I just have to stop, yeah, disjointed. stop, stop uh, of chasing this like normalcy or whatever, then I could, I could come to peace. And then of course, I mean, I had a lot of help with like meditation and searching and stuff like that, that has, you know, have yeah. taught me to, to just be, yeah, to, to, to live, I mean, this sounds, I mean, it sounds like mindfulness bullshit. But it's it's kind of a, to, try, to, try, to try to find the to, to live a, an unconditional life because you know mm. we talk we talk mm. a lot about like unconditional love of but then just have an unconditional life that you know I used to have this in my life I would chase like I, well I need to have that kind of peace in me and then I can start to live like I need mm. to I need to have I know where I'm most comfortable living and I need to be in you know, this and there in my career, I need this and then, you know, happiness will come. But like, then you grow older and a lot of, you know, you get served with like, even like a, you know, I'm a, I'm a white privileged man that just like the, the society was designed for me. But you know, this, you grow older, your, your parents get sick and things happen. So you always be served things that you have to have to deal with. So through that, I just feel like I am so grateful that I have music because then I can always come back to that. Yeah, it does sound like when you when you found the guitar, it was like finding a vessel to harness all of those attributes you were just speaking of, like songs were a space where you could be yourself and you found like a sort of stillness playing music. And it sounds like when you picked up the guitar, you discovered peace. And it sounds like you're realizing that the the lesson that everyone realizes is that you have to work at it. If you if you uh, struggle with anxiety or if you struggle with something through your whole life, it's not just going to go away. It's going to be with you. So you like live alongside it. But can you talk about what that piece first felt like, and how do you relate to it now when you play the guitar? And like in the beginning, like I said, like in the beginning, I, I couldn't I couldn't put words to it. I just knew. I didn't understand it. It was always like shocking to myself, like in the like in early days when I was like dabbling with music and then just like really enjoying performing for other people, like live. And because I wasn't like the loudest person in the room, and uh, I wasn't you know extroverted in in many other ways. I guess I am that now. Now I'm just yapping away all the time, but. There was there, there there was something that like I didn't understand that that was the the piece I, I found just to be to be expressive through through instruments. But I was just like, why am I like why am I doing like this is a crazy thing? Like why am I getting in front of these like that? That's hard. That's but I was doing that, and then just so so I just it felt like I didn't have, like really have a choice. I just like and then now now here here I am, and in like how I think about it today is that I am just 
that I am super grateful for it, especially after a couple of years. Like that, there was like there's a lot of things that we can, you know, we can talk about that happened in the last couple of years when, when all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I couldn't do what I had based my, you know, my whole adult life on, you know, the mm-hmm. tra- traveling, seeing people, which allowed me to write songs about that, and then performing, which was like the, what I see as my main thing that I do to put on a show, but. Today, it's the, it's the thing where, you know, how playing instruments, writing songs, it's, a, it's you know, I have a lot of, like, feelings that, you, that happen in, in, in my body and uh, thoughts about things that happen in life that I can't express in words. I can't ex- express, and if I could express them in words, I would probably just not play music. But now I have this amazing thing that is music. So I can write a song, like, every little heart from the new album. I know exactly what it's about. Because it's that, it's that, the, how it sounds, and what I'm saying, and that will, to me, relate to that feeling, but I can't put it in, in other words. That's why, like, make, mm-hmm. like do, doing, I'm doing a lot of press and PR right now, and just, like, could you just ex- explain what this song is about? Like, well, I kind of already did by making the song, yeah. because that is my, <laughs> that's my closest guess what that feeling is about. So, but I have yeah. that beautiful thing in my life that I, I get to, I get to, get to do that and even like I get to make money from from doing that so it's it's wow yeah uh it's yeah wow um it's kind of like you're inventing definitions of words you know someone's like what does that word mean you're like what do you mean what does it mean it just means it means what it means yeah and like thank god you can like almost dance to it because like what if you walk around the street like (laughs) to to, to, like try to express yourself like that abstract (laughs) yeah someone to listen yeah so um Bob Dylan is the na- a name that gets thrown around in terms of comparison for you um, over the years, over the course of your career. You started listening to Bob when you were a teenager, which led you to finding other early American folk artists. Bob Dylan really seems like he was a bridge for you to discover your own personal musical taste and your own personal musical style. What was that discovery period like for you? And also, like, if you could expand and talk about how do you identify that sense of wonder and discovery in your life now? I mean, to explain how that felt like, I mean, it was an amazing time in my life that it's, yes, everything is, can be super, like, super, was not as, uh, and I try to stay away from being bitter and cynical. I don't like that, but like we're more prone to it when we get older. Now we have to fight it more to get like that beautiful time when you're 14 and discover things and discover like wonder for real. It's like, and wonder, yes, I can find that in, in nature too. But like around those years, I remember I was skateboarding and I didn't really think about concepts or what, or genres. Or I had, I remember like two songs that were just like, because we listened to music and, and skateboarding, and it was, yes, Bob Dylan, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, that would just, like, put my gaze up and, like, look at the horizon. Like, life is super cool. Just, like, from what are these notes making me feel? And then also DJ Shadow, building, grain from steam of salt, uh, building steam from a grain of salt. That was another song that was just, like, when I was out skating. And those songs were just the same to me because they created the same, like, wonder. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. Super cool. I wanted. I want to do. Like, can I do something like like this? And you know, I would pick up the guitar and learn how to play. Don't think twice. It's all right. But to me, and I wasn't interested in like sixties like folk 
revival or like the revival that happened like in when I started with the Tallest Man on Earth later when it was just like when folk music was super popular and you know everyone looked you know you dressed up like a lumberjack I was to me it was all it's all the same same what <laughs> just like made me like and that's what I felt with Bob Dylan like he was like he was like the fearless person of 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 that time of just like it was not just like yes there were some you know just straight up uh, you know would he had Woody Guthrie and could just channel things through that like I did with Bob Dylan like what is the song on my first album uh, honey won't you let me in that is the hour when the ship comes in it's just the same words same it's just I was just like you know when you you know, found like, oh, could I, could I be, I was just still searching, which I still am, but through Bob Dylan and, and what I, I was just, it was the wonderful time of the internet when it was still kind of cute. Um, when, when there was just like all these like <laughs> yeah. MP3, MP3 blogs and like weird like bootlegs and stuff. And you could hear, listen to old shows of, of Bob and you, and I, through him, I found so much music. Like I found like, Roscoe Holcomb and like that guy just that sounds like he's coming from space and and Son House that was no it's, uh, yeah Son House of course yes but then um, who am I thinking of uh, Skip James that just sounded to mm-hmm. me that it, it was just like like, super, like almost like futuristic and spacey through that and then I got of course in love with the the low finesse of the the quality of those recordings and I when I went into just like recording my songs like that it was not because of to try to emulate the 1920s, I thought it sounded cool. They just had the option of recording like that, but I could just like, there was something about the the abstraction of that too, and it's just not totally, totally clear. It was a wonderful time. That's, sorry, this is me ranting. Uh, wonderful time of just discover, discovering things, and I, I feel that Bob Dylan just opened up a lot of doors to just like cool stuff and not just something that was... You know, a lot of other things from the the the, the sixties folk was it was just cute, <laughs> and just like this, it was it was there. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be like I wanted to like to to discover like the weird world, you know. And I still, you know, I, I still get that wonder today. And like, but these days it's just like it's it's a it's a mix of of new songs being released of others and then there's just those like staples you have in your phone like on the offline saved from like for flights <laughs> and stuff that you keep on listening to that you know yeah just in case the plane goes down you gotta listen to your favorite song <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm um, it is a the, the the pandemic was a you know was a on the positive sides you know this sounds I mean, it's super selfish because it's a terrible time but then it was very I I thought it sucked so much, and but like from the, some of the positive things, it was just like the reminders of what's important and uh, you know what to focus on. That is something that maybe would have taken a way longer time for me to realize. You're talking about. Um getting into Skip James, who's this like surreal blues player. So after um, you played in some punk bands, you started getting into acoustic guitar and listening to people like Skip James, and you got into Nick Drake's guitar playing, and you discovered 
different types of open tuning, which allowed you to like basically do it, like basically do what you wanted to do on the guitar. You said it suited my personality to do whatever. So how do you compare your guitar playing to your personality? Well, I I think it's a it's a no. Is it a, is it a product of my personality or is my no? It's just is are they the same? No, it's just I've always felt like um, I can you know how you solve problems or like small like the big problems are always hard. But like when you like uh, if you invent a way to 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 fix your your plumbing because it's broken or um, <laughs> you know how you have to be creative in uh, in personal relationships and love how you. Yeah, problem solving. Yeah, creative. Yeah, there are no rule like how there are no really like you. There are there are ways to just like I wouldn't ever let like like tradition of how to play the guitar because I don't. I'm not really interested in like guitar music per se. <laughs> it's just like that or the the. To, it's just like well, I can retune. I can retune it, and then it will just be like way easier to play up here. Or it would just like be way easier to do that. Or you can actually more like. Like with some of these open tunings, I, I realized like because I want I was playing in 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 rock bands, it was climbing around and running around. Like, well, I can do that if I don't have to like play these like wonky bar chords, which I done, which I'm happy for now. <laughs> I, you know, I I when I studied like jazz guitar and classic guitar, but like that's not like a lot of these open tunings are inventions because then I can play things and it won't you know I can just hold on to the guitar and it's not that far away and I can run around at the same time so I, I don't know it's a it's, it's a great question I, I I wish I had a better answer for it but it's yeah creative it's a it's, it's creative problem solving and that's a lot of my I want to say that my life is in all aspects I it's interesting to hear that you grew up in a culture that um tried people tried not to draw attention to themselves because you are such a charismatic stage performer and you are like in your element on stage you say i feel like i'm going more out of character on stage and that you can really like be yourself and you say for example like i have to go into character when i go into the supermarket what has been your relationship to performing live like when did you figure out that it makes you feel like yourself? And then how do you try to bring that feeling with you off stage to the grocery store? Now, when you say I, I, I do feel that I've I've dared more to step out of character in the in the grocery store. I actually it's it's one of my one of my flaws that will, you know, I that I love I love going to the grocery store and it, it actually like became my my friends during the the pandemic because I spent so much time alone <laughs> so I befriended right. the the people like in the in, at the fish counter and you know but I had this thing I, I was touring everywhere in the world and I could just totally just go for it and I would come home to Sweden and get on stage and I always felt like I have to like make excuses like I'm sorry I, I I was just so apologetic in in the banters in between the songs and I had friends point that out to me they're just like why are you doing this what were you apologizing like, for I wouldn't like say a literal apology but I would just like play down like the the grand gestures on, on stage and like being oh. the, just like the it's 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 hard it's 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 hard for me to explain, are you, but Christian, are you like um an anxious chill person? Where you like, 
like when you walk through life and you're like everything's fine, but like your your brain is like on fire. Yes, but I'm 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 trying to become friends with with that with that with that fire, or just like being like it's kind of cute. <laughs> like the same thing when you you learn that you, you never really like you can defeat anxiety, it will like not go away, but then you can become like. Oh, you're here again, buddy. I was, I was like, okay, you're like that. When you, <laughs> when you have a reaction in your in your body, and it's like, and you could, but you know, through you know meditation, blah, 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 like I learn to observe. Yeah, it sounds myself. like you've been meditating. <laughs> you know, observe myself. Then you can just like, oh, you know, okay. Oh, so it's like, so oh, you're, that's cute. That's cute. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's gonna be. So, uh, yes, they will always. I will. I will also always have a close contact with that. What you call like the. That that noise because it's I feel that's the noise I've been drawing from from you know you know we're talking about the beginning of channeling that and to do something positive instead you can actually like okay buddy like I know you're you know you're running around in circles around me right now but like you can actually help me we like jump into this banjo for a while and then you know we can get lost in this moment in a good way but I I felt like there were so many things that that happened during the during the pandemic of realizing that like we can skip through the whole part where I just couldn't write music and it was just uh, it was just depressing and I stopped doing it but then when I could I, I had the ability I, I got to zoom out and you know look what I've been doing my whole adult life and like when it was taken away and it's just like oh my god that is the best thing like the, the the newfound gratitude for it I don't think I've taken it for granted before but maybe maybe a little you know so and I started to get to get to do like tiny shows in the beginning when we had restrictions, and I have like about fifty people in Sweden, and I just loved it. And we, I come back to North Carolina, and I record this album, and I realize like I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, and I don't really care if it's for fifty people or ten thousand people. And with that came, you know, a new freedom, a new a new confidence. So I th- I do think now when I go to the grocery store, I am, you know. I'm more, and also like, this is also. I mean, I, I, this. I've been thinking a lot about like how, how amazing it is. I'm, I'm turning forty in a couple of weeks. Like, congratulations! That, like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but like that, 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 like life around here was just designed for me. <laughs> just like a white man in this, this age. I'm not, I'm not young anymore. I'm still young enough to be like to be some have some sort of a, attraction on, on that side of just being like a little and I'm not I'm still a little cool cuz I'm young but I'm still old so people will like listen to me more in a weird way so it's just like and it, of course I, I then I can say like, that is allowing me to be more of a freak in you know in the grocery store as well and just you know be more straightforward in my you know what I want to joke about or how I address other people and I'm I'm more fearless these days but I I do things, I try to use that, you know, that given power to do good in this world and try to spread love and, you know, that we, you know, should take care of each other. But I am feeling, long answer to your question, I am feeling that I can more and more step out of my, uh, or, or, yeah, step, just be. You're a beautiful freak and you're embracing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a freak at least. I have a question about rawness in lyrics um, about your 2015 album, Dark Bird is Home. It was written around a pretty sad time for you. And you said some of these songs, when I recorded them, I had to change the lyrics. They were too personal. 
So on this podcast, we just had like a debate about lyrics versus melody. And in that uh-huh. debate, we were talking about rawness in lyrics. So Christian, how do you feel about rawness in songs? And how do you know when your lyrics are too dark or too personal? Oh, it's, that's a good question. It's a tough question because I, since I'm very abstract in my songs anyway, and I'm right. the one that kind of know what they're about, I try to not overthink things, but I do feel I write a lot. And this happened a lot during the pandemic. I'm just like, this is just this dark and depressing shit. Like, who wants to hear this? I, I don't, but most of all, I don't want to sing this. Like, this has no real, this is just, it doesn't, it's not open for interpretation. It's not useful for anyone. It's not useful for me because, like, even with, with my, they need to be, or have, and I, of course, I've, for my whole career, I wish, like, oh, one day I'm going to become this, like, storyteller that everyone is going to know exactly what this is about. But, kind of grateful that a lot of songs of mine are not because then I can keep on playing them and they can have new meanings even for me like some of the lines so but I mean around that time like and I I, I know you're supposed to be this like uncompromising artist that is just like the art is mostly most important thing but it's not it's not like on that album I was like I had just gone through a divorce with a person that is now one of my closest friends we were it was it was a very beautiful divorce in in in, in that sense. But you can't you can't also you can't just sing a, th- a thing and then you know that that person will understand. It's like about them, just like so literal. And it is, if it's mean or sad or then you take it out of the song because like the song is not that important. It's like it's not or that line is not that important. So just like you need to have to be a yeah. And also, like, there in some songs I've been, yeah, I've, I've definitely taken out lines where it's just, like, they'll be, like, take hurtful out, for take that. Take out but, your ex's phone number. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should maybe take that out. <laughs> like, like that. And also take out my own phone number, you know, once in a while. We're just, like, I don't want to, you know, st- I just, yeah, I don't want to stay in, in that reaction to that, whatever happened. Like, that's just, like, oh, let's move on, Christian. Stop, like, being that, so... Rawness. I don't know. I don't know where, what's what's the most because then you can then you can I can tweak lyrics. I, I mean, I, I I do that literally. I change words when I play live sometimes, depending on how I feel about things. But then you know mm. you you can tweak it with you know how you deliver it. <laughs> like something could sound like a song like "Love Is All" that I've had played forever. It was on the Wild Hunt, I think. I can sing that in like a in a in a pretty like nostalgic way and just kind of like like regretting that I can sing like I'm be really pissed off singing that and I could I could tweak that's the beauty of music I think you can just you can just change it and you can you know push whatever button is working that day you know your new album Henry Street um, is an album that sees you exploring your own stubborn optimism and how to be a person in this world. Um, how do you define stubborn optimism, and where has it appeared in your writing? I feel like and this album, for the first time, to me, feels like it's not just like, well, the other ones haven't been that as well, but like it's, it's not totally autobiographical. Autobiogra- I can't speak English all of a sudden. I've let more things into 
this album is observing the world and observing the people around me and what we're doing to get like this is more about us as as humans how we're trying to be humans not just not only how I'm trying to be human but then you can all of a sudden it's not you can zoom in on how I'm dealing with it and but a lot of it is about like coming out of yes the pandemic but there's so many injustices in the world and like there you know we're doing terrible things as humans we're like we're, we suck like we're so and then we we can if we become bitter and cynical like oh we're humans we you know we always tend to end up at this we but then we have the we make like this is like what we were talking about we, you can make we make art like how weird is that we gather in rooms and just like feel like strengthened from hearing sad love songs like what I've, I've built my career on just like having a pretty fucking good time <laughs> with people singing breakup songs we do that and we're still curious even like like it's like with everything that's going on like all the time but we're we're still curious and we still fall in love and we still laugh with friends and that and that's like what is that in us like when what is that thing we're actually we're not focusing on like that we the, we actually have that because you know I've done that whole thing of like reading about all the like you know you know you read the overstory and then you think about like trees and how mushroom fungi work together and how nature and reading what is his name Kropotkin or whatever way back was talking about like how we misinterpreted that survival of the fittest that we think we're we're the fittest because we're the strongest on this planet but then you figure out like ants will survive us and stuff like that becoming this like oh you humans suck but but we have this thing where we we invent these beautiful things so that is what like even like the, this album is about like in henry street the title track is just like it's 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 really sad like looking at our strive to be a lot of us on this planet we grew up in like capitalist societies where we were supposed to be where the individual is the most important thing like you are the most important you should build your brand you should stand out in front of others and be like really <laughs> successful and and shine like it sounds weird coming from me that have success and but i i have that but I, i'm still going to talk about it but and with social media and all that and then you see the sadness in people when it doesn't work because I don't really care about just you. So that was what Henry Seed is about. So in that lyric, it's mostly about the observation about how hard it is to be a human and coming down almost to the point like, I don't know, how am I ever going to be able to do this? I don't know if I can take this anymore. But then trying to, be, to illustrate it in Phil Cook's beautiful outro on the piano, I kind of, but that's, the, that's just the, the daydream of, of like, wait a minute, that stubborn optimist, like may, maybe there's a way to dance out to like the, to a, a nicer field, like a beautiful, this is something we have, I think we have ingrained in us as Swedes as well, that we go through the winters that are just like, it's just dark, it's just dark, there's no sun. And then, and we, we've just had that back in Sweden, but then it's so easy to just like almost to to, to give to to give up on you know the, everything, but you but then spring comes and you just like you forget about those things and you that that's something I try to, to it's so abstract but in in that song Henry Street of just like but yeah it's it's not gonna be February forever and then yeah it's it's uh, for the first time I 
it feels to me, it feels like my first, like it's my first grown up album. I know that's a weird phrase, like <laughs> my grown up album and just like my most, my first confident album. And then that has also confidence and it's, it's not, it's, it's very, it's very abstract and it's kind of all over the place and like how, in the, how it sounds from song to song. But I, I do, to me, it makes sense and it, it connects. You were talking about earlier that you did not have an easy writing time in solitude, um, but your inspiration returned when you started to tour again, owing that creative surge to like being in motion. But it also seems to me like you're fueled by connections with other people. How do human interactions impact you? Um, You can talk about both positive and negative. Well, I think they they are mostly positive positive because even if you like only consume <laughs> other people <laughs> that's not good english if you only meet other people through like the internet or tv as, hap- as what happened during the pandemic you it's there it's very few nuances of of a human being but I feel like when you get to get out in the world again and even people you don't agree with, you, there is a new end. So just like, then you actually see in their eyes of just like if it's someone you're not, or just some being, you know, it's really hard to to not just write people off. But at least when you're in the same room as a person who is expressing like a a terrible view on other people and like, but you can see, then you still you see that there's a, there's a there's some kind of weird fear in their eyes of not knowing what's going on, so he's grabbing for that's some ranting. But what is more, it's focus on the on the positive things. That yes, it's it's true. When I got out, not just touring, just being with people, like having dinners with with friends, and like you know starting to go on dates, and you then. For me, that was me being like in life for real, and that is what is inspiring because that, then when you really well, okay, well, who am I in this world? Well, like I'm, I'm a person who who writes songs, and like I didn't didn't really get what my friend was saying to the other friend tonight, but like, oh, that could I could write a song about that, but just mm-hmm. observing it through, and that yes, I became bitter and cynical and depressed and all that because when when everything is just uh, in the format of the of the internet and then just me being mostly having converse like real conversations with myself it's just like that and i have like four thoughts in my head that are bouncing around and the, and i wrote about them and they're it's not interesting it needs to be the, the thing where you just you just like that that rooster in um, robin hood that just sings the songs so go around you know I, for the first time I, I really felt like that you're just like the you're just like the real like just, you're just a troubadour you just like the, <laughs> and that is what I what I get to do and that's what I want to want to be you recorded Henry Street in a band setting which was the first time You've done that in the studio, so lots of human connections. Yes. Um, how did those human connections and interactions make that process stand out to you? Well, it was the first time I, I, I'd done it like that. I've had other players play on my albums before, and we've done more like overdubbing and trying to... Mm-hmm. This is the first time when 
we were playing together in the studio. And the first time when I had the confidence of, of doing that, from that new built confidence of just like, well, this is just what I'm going to do. And like, life's too short to not ask my talented friends because like in the past, I think it was lack of, lack of confidence and a fear of showing like, yourself as like a vulnerable, no good of just like that. When, when you just have like a, a scrappy demo of a song and uh, just like figuring things out on an instrument, I always, you know, seen my friends around me that are super talented and are great. Like, well, they know exactly what they're doing. Like, this is a, a cliche of, I don't feel like imposter syndrome, but that feel it's, it's easier to not like challenge your ego and just like, just, just do something that it's safer. It's DIY was safer to, to, to do that by myself and not just like coming in to a studio and just like you all of a sudden you can't play or like you, people don't think your song is good enough so it's just easier to do that but but now it's just like god damn it christian like stop that so i just invited those friends that i look up to so much and i knew that they that i knew that i could deliver as well so to just come into that setting and there was so, so many you know elements so many aspects why it was so great because First of all, we had, like, many of us had gone through, like, it was hard mentally going through the pandemic and being isolated. So just that, just be in the room together and be able to just hang out and then also play music together. I think that, and also the openness of all, like, like I, of course, I ch chose these people because not just how they played music, but because what, you know, what kind of people I've experienced, like, the friendships I experienced. So, you know, we were... There was so much joy. We like we were we were happy. We were dancing to songs, but also like being able to like to cry and to be to talk about other things than the actual music helped it that got seeped into the music. And Anna Morris, who was running the hospitality of that studio, she was cooking these amazing like family dinners. And we took a break and like late afternoon and just sitting by a big table and just eating amazing food and just laughing and talking about other things than music. That just like got me and the other just like wanting to run out in the studio and like, oh, no, I'm gonna try this. And like the things you, that maybe I hadn't thought about in the, in the past, although that's the most important thing to just like, to be in the right, back to that thing, you know, when you're just, you're just a kid, you're just playing, you're just like yeah. have, having, Having fun and forget about. Nick Sanborn produced the record from Nick from Sylvan Esso. Yes. And you call this record your most playful. And to me, Nick seems like a really playful musician yes. um, with what he does with Sylvan Esso. And you can feel his influence and his energy on this record, which is like living alongside yours. It's like a really beautiful um, combination just the way the record sounds, especially the song Looking for Love, um, I can just imagine there's a lot of like laughing and palling around and tomfoolery in the studio. I'm just wondering like how you guys get any work done. Like what is it like for the two of you to work together? Well, that is the, that is the, tomf that's, that's how we work. That's how we get work done. Like, and, and, <laughs> and I, you know, I interpret Nick as being a lot like me like personally and how his uh, you know creative problem solving and how he uses his energy and you know I've known Nick since he played in the band Megaphone way back and uh, I just there was no when his 
when his name came up as an idea of producing, it was like it's it was clear because I I I just knew it was going to work. Just like because since I love him so much, I love him and his personality so much, and how we are together, and like and then with another musician like Phil Cook, uh, who plays the piano on, who also played in in Megaphone, who who plays on. Like when there was some time it was just the three of us in the studio. And I feel, this is my interpretation, we are the same person that, you know, we, we, the, the person I was explaining before that just like is vacuuming and playing the piano and fixing a thing. But for the first time, it felt like being normal. Like because we, the three of us are, are kind of the same, that, that, that type of energy. And then it's just super easy to get stuff done because then you will... You'll tomfool your day, and I just and get things <laughs> get things recorded. And uh, I'm happy you mentioned looking for love because we, me and Nick, we had two days in the studio, just him and I, before the other before the other people joined, just so we could you know talk about like what we wanted to do. And uh, it was him and I and and Ali Rogers who engineered her amazing spirit is why this album sounds like it does as well. So we were just like. Like the, the, the bass team, like the, we were talking about, the, and then we, all of a sudden, like, should we just try to record something? Like that, the weird thing when you just don't, it's just a white, just a white sheet of just like a white canvas. Should we just try to do something? Hey, let's do Looking for Love. And we set up this thing where I played this really, this rubber bridged guitar that, you know, it's like an, it's, it's, it's a weird type of setup on a guitar and a lot of people play them now and, I did that, and Nick had set up his station with his modular synthesizers and this weird tactile control unit for it, where you just like kind of you rub your hands on it, and it makes these amazing noises. And so we just we jammed him and I, and we just did that. And yes, there was a lot of laughing, like and just like that thing when you feel like it doesn't matter if you're you know. 11 or 40 <laughs> it's like you play it back like that's super <laughs> cool like that's the, when when you get that reaction it's like it's it's amazing to get to have that so but then also we we've, we've both done this for for a long time we and uh, like uh, nick uh, and uh, the people around him there is setting up or uh, building the studio betty's from the from the right, you know, many times we walked into studios and it's just like I can't do anything here because I, it's like it's so uninspiring. Like, a, like the oh, the, env the the env the environment and then the, how they built the studio that sounds amazing has like the perfect gear but also has the windows so you can see the woods, and uh, <laughs> you know, and like the, the the actual important stuff like the light in there and the. The colors and the the smell from like the the wood they used to build like like that we've been that is what and me and Nick are the uh, almost exactly the same age he had his birthday a couple of weeks ago so it just feels like both we're, we're a really good match we're we're, we're in, in really good good places in in life and yeah are you worried about turning forty no uh, that's why I said before like the the the, the society is designed. For for me to be forty, so I I'm not I you know I my life has constantly gotten better and better. So I'm better at handling life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you have this lovely post. Uh, you made this lovely post. I think it was last summer about Tim Showalter of Strand of Oaks, just sort of talking about your friendship together, and it made me want to know more about what friendship means to you like you seem to take it pretty seriously 
but especially since you've been able to record with this band after that intense isolation we all experienced, mm-hmm. how have your friendships changed since then? Well, I'm trying to get better at uh, communication and checking in and, and, and to let people know how grateful I am for them. I'm still light years away from where I want to be in, in terms of communication. We but all ha- are. <laughs> but I have a lot of friends like that, like me, like, like me, and, like me and Tim. We can, it can go like months in, in between talking and then we get on the phone and talk for hours. So it's just uh, it's something that is uh, it's a very, you know, it's the act, the treasure of getting to, to live this life and uh, meeting a lot of people and, and then, you know, a lot of people that I love, but sometimes you, you meet the people that just becomes your, like, because we had me and Tim Showalter, we toured together a lot, and he opened up, opened up on my tours in 2012 and 13, and I was in a time in my life, and, you know, I, I really needed a friend, and so did he, and we, you know, times on the tour bus, just like getting up in the morning and having a coffee and talk about that. That is probably, I will remember more than playing like uh, the Royal Albert Hall in London. And I'm not just saying that. That is like the, the thing I, I actually carry with me. And um, so I'm not there. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be, to be a better friend. But I, what, I've, what happened, just like to, it was a big reminder of letting people know how grateful I am for them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, also I have the luxury of uh, people on my crew that I've been working with for a, a long time and making sure that they are being felt like they're appreciated and and how like how I can make their their jobs easier but like my front of house my sound engineer Dan I've known for you I think we first became friends when we were 10 years old so and Etchen my my tour manager it's probably it's coming up on 15 years so wow wow close friends in my because those are people where I can, we can definitely be, we can work professionally together with, with and all that comes with that. But we have each other's backs, you know. Before I let you go, will you do the lightning round? Sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you are going to love it. Okay, yes. Christian Matson. What is a song that makes you cry every time? Both sides now, Jonah Mitchell. Oof. Okay. Do you like dogs or cats or maybe something else? All the, like most animals, I can't. I, I am. Uh, they, they seem. I'm. I'm Snow White. They come to me. <laughs> I call my mom Snow White. Oh wow! Just like my mom. <laughs> yeah. What is your least favorite household chore? Ooh, probably vacuuming. What is your favorite type of musical horn? French. What is your most useful non-musical skill? Cooking, probably. What is your favorite type of bird? Ooh, uh, the the curlew. The curler. Curlew. Okay. Curlew. E-W. Okay. Who is your favorite banjo player? Ooh, uh, ooh, that's tough because it's just like, it's not Roscoe Holcomb because it just sounds like, but no, it's probably, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, too, it's too hard. It's just, it's just like to pick your favorite dish, like your, your food. No, I can't. It's the answer is Kermit the Frog. Okay, next question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's your, Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin's good. No, no, I'm just saying that. I, I've, I've. There's so many different styles, and there's so many, like a more 
passionate about. But probably, what is Romero, what's his first name? He also builds banjos. Uh, Ferris and Jason Romero. Yes, Jason Romero. That's my favorite banjo player in the world. That's a good one. Do you still have your recording device with you? Right here. Oh, that's excellent. Okay. This is the last question. Where is the most beautiful place you've ever visited? I mean, it's uh, the the mountains outside of Obisko in Sweden. The very, very the northernmost of Sweden. All right. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, it's time to wrap up the interview. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much. This episode of Basic Folk was produced by John Nungesser. Alex Stanton composes our music. Basic Folk is on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can find all of our episodes there. You can search for us on the SiriusXM app under Basic Folk. You can check out our website, basicfolk.com, or find us wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. So great. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.